Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Under the Covers with Eve. It's Sunday, November 22nd. I'm recording this in the morning this time because I think I might be getting a cold. I know. This sucks. And I want to record this while I still have a voice. So I've got my tea here. I'm drinking my tea with lemon and taking my vitamin C. Excuse me while I take a sip. So let's hope for the best because I have a lot of ideas for erotic audio that I want to get to this week. So fingers crossed that I still have a voice. So for now, this week, <laughs> this week's episode, alpha and beta males. Hmm. So you've likely heard the terms alpha male, beta male, and you probably know vaguely what they mean. They're just the first two letters of the Greek alphabet. The word alphabet itself is just alpha and beta sort of put together. And they refer these days to two different kinds of male personality to simplify a little. Now, the term alpha male originated among zoologists and biologists studying packs of animals. And it referred to the dominant uh, top-ranking male in any pack, usually the strongest, sometimes the oldest male, who led the pack and had certain privileges, like better access to food and uh, priority in mating, things like that. And often it's only the alpha male who mates, depending on the species, until he's challenged by a younger male or a newcomer and has to fight to maintain his top spot. So in, in zoological terms, um, there are also alpha females who occupy the same status among the females, usually as the mate of the alpha male. You'll hear alpha male uh, used in species like lions and wolves. But the interesting thing about the whole wolf pack mentality, the idea that we should structure ourselves the way groups of animals do and completely ignore our brains, is that even if we accept this, there are still exceptions to the rule about this so-called alpha male. There is a great documentary by National Geographic called The Rise of Black Wolf. And um, I really recommend you see it. It's, it's great. In Yellowstone National Park in the U.S., researchers noticed that there was this one black wolf who defied all the typical behavior of wolves. He wasn't an alpha. And so, by rights, he should have been you know, subservient and obedient to the wolf that was. Except this guy, <laughs> he was quite the bounder. He discovered, <laughs> I don't know how he discovered this, but he discovered that if he snuck into the pack, he could lure the females over to him to mate. Now, this isn't supposed to happen. The girls are supposed to mate only with the alpha. But it was as if all the female wolves really liked this brash clever new stud, you know? And if he, if he was caught by the other males, they would chase him with the intention of attacking him. But he was very smart. He had learned that if he ran towards the road that goes through Yellowstone, that the other wolves were too afraid to follow him. So he wasn't afraid of the road or the cars, but they were. So he would just take off for the road and just stand there sort of sticking his tongue out to them like, nah, 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 nah. and when they cleared off, finally, 
he'd, he'd sneak back in again. He'd go get some nookie. And then he'd, he'd take off like a bat out of hell for the road again. <laughs> Researchers just couldn't understand this. He wasn't playing by the rules. He wasn't part of any pack. He didn't respect the hierarchy of the pack whose females he was moving in on. And he had figured out how to use the road as an escape hatch. So although the pack itself did have an alpha, who had spent most of his life defending, attacking, fighting, you know, leading all the others, this guy, he was like a hit-and-run lover, you know, just, just doing his own thing. So <laughs> in a sense, this wolf was rejecting the whole alpha, beta, omega thing too. You know, he was doing pretty well. <laughs> But anyway, that was just to point out that um, alpha is not a hard and fast rule, even among instinct-driven animals, let alone among a thinking species capable of reasoning all this out. Yet these days, alpha male has increasingly come to be applied to human beings as well. Now, as you may know, I write romance novels, and this has been a well-used term in that business for years. It's a very quick and easy way of describing the strong, dominant, powerful hero in the story. You know, he's very alpha, as they'll describe it. And if you're pitching to an editor, you don't need to say anything more than that. All the characteristics of a confident, protective, strong, capable, and usually physically impressive man are summed up in that one word, the alpha male. Eric in my novel, Stay With Me, is like the ultra-alpha. And I wrote him that way on purpose, because it's part of the genre that I write in, and it appeals to a lot of women. Or at least it, it appeals to the women who read the kind of books that I write. <laughs> um, beta male, zoologically speaking, is sort of the, the second-in-command, and will often become the new alpha when his alpha dies or can't lead the troops anymore. But when it's applied to humans, beta male has taken on a more derogatory meaning. The, um, the Urban Dictionary, which is my go-to source for the most hilarious definitions of modern slang I've ever seen, um, describes a beta male this way as, quote, an unremarkable, careful man who avoids risk and confrontation. Beta males lack the physical presence, charisma, and confidence of the alpha male. And if you do a search on the term beta male, you will find endless sites that warn you against being a beta, how you should be an alpha, why you should avoid beta male characteristics if you want a woman at all. And they basically browbeat you and insult you, all the while tempting you with images of busty women that you could so have if only you weren't such a pathetic beta, right? <laughs> um, you are, I mean, I mean, you're supposedly guaranteed to become a chick magnet if you just read so-and-so's book or learn how to dress or follow the rules or whatever the new thing is, and you're supposedly doomed to a life of porn addiction and loneliness if you don't. Okay, so what's going on here? Is, is any of this true? Do women really want the confident alpha guy? You know, the brash, kind of ballsy alpha. Do they really not want a more thoughtful guy? 
a more, you know, shy or sensitive beta guy. The truth is, in my opinion, they want both. At different times, often, but they definitely want both. Now, I'm not all that happy about defining complex individuals as either alpha or beta, but I will use those terms just for the sake of simplicity for the rest of this audio anyway. There have been lots of studies done on this, and the one I'm going to direct you to is discussed at LiveScience.com. It's from a 2010 study published in the journal Evolution and Human Behavior. Um, I'll give you the link to that in the description. Basically, the researchers confirmed that when women ovulate, in other words, for those two or three days, each cycle when they can get pregnant and are therefore often really horny, women lust after very masculine males and are more likely then to hook up with an alpha stranger even. And this is especially true for women whose partners are more typically beta male, have softer facial features, you know, etc., stuff like that. Now, the thing is, what I find really interesting about this, this was not about long-term partnerships. This was just a study about that mid-cycle burst of horniness and the fantasies and lusts that come with it, that, that most women are happy enough to just let pass and continue on with their chosen partner. In other words, women don't live their lives by this. They don't dump their husbands to run off with the pool boy in the Speedo. You know, this is just a biological thing that we deal with. It's probably why the vibrator was invented. <laughs> and um, we go on with our lives, you know. Some women, of course, will choose to have affairs and cheat on their partners. That goes without saying. But many women do not. They love their partner for all his qualities. And they choose being with him over any temporary hormonal surge that tells her to go after the, the hottie with the six-pack. Just the way many men may find other women attractive throughout their lives, but will choose to remain monogamous with the one woman that they love. And this is what makes me think that when it comes down to it, what we want is both alpha and beta qualities in the man that we choose as a partner. Neither alpha nor beta qualities are good or bad just in themselves. Confidence can be attractive, certainly. It can also be obnoxious, and it can lead to a lack of sensitivity. Um, shyness can make you awkward and hard to talk to, but it can also make you more sensitive and admired for the bravery that you show to overcome it. Any quality that you can attribute to either alpha or beta males can be perceived as either good or bad, depending on the situation, um, the man himself, and the woman he's trying to attract, and so on. So yes, some women really want the shock and awe of a brash, ballsy, you know, in-your-face alpha male who strides through life like nothing can stop him. <laughs> Their ovaries bounce up and down with girlish glee at the thought of being fucked by such a powerful male specimen. But that comes with a certain distance, usually. He can remain a bit aloof. You know, he can be all surface and little substance. He can make women feel like they are replaceable, you know, with, with the next hot girl he notices. In fact, for a lot of women, the idea of an alpha male is off-putting. Because even though he seems like he might be good in bed, 
It's so clear he's on the prowl. He sees women as trophies, often. He wants to fuck his way through life, showing what an awesome guy he is. That's the point of all those sites, basically, is how to, how to get women that you can just fucking leave. That's what these alpha male sites seem to be about. Now, on the other hand, some women really want the comfort and security of a nice, relatively safe beta male who is less concerned with materialism and with physical prowess, who might be more intellectual or artistic. They like the feeling of warmth and love that they get from someone who will care for them and be there for them and listen to them. Someone who wants a family, who isn't afraid of his emotions, Someone who sees sex as pleasurable, um, but more like a warm and intimate experience. But with this kind of man can come a vaguely maternal feeling. You feel like you have to buck him up a lot. You have to be his counsel, his mother. You know, you're all about being a shoulder to cry on or needing one from him. He isn't going to be your rock. You know, you'll likely have to be his. You don't worry about him cheating on you because he just adores you. He, he's the one who wants to get married and have babies, that sort of thing. These are just generalizations for both alpha and beta. I hope I've said that enough. <laughs> and I'm certainly not um, trying to vilify either one. As you can see, both kinds have their pluses and minuses. And it will largely depend on the preferences and goals of each individual woman to decide what she wants. But, as with anything that seems to be a polar opposite, I think the better answer would be to come up with a third option. And if we're going to stick with the Greek alphabet here, instead of defining yourself as an alpha or a beta, how about picking a new letter? The letter new. N-U. <laughs> be a new man, <laughs> pun intended, you know. Be a bit of both, basically. Think about the ways in which characteristics of both can be good and can be streamlined to mingle with each other in one person. A man can be hardworking and ambitious, for example, but at the same time, he can remember not to focus all his attention on getting that helicopter or playing golf with Trump. You know, A man can be sensitive and caring towards his partner, listening to her and helping her when she needs it, but at the same time, he can make it clear he wants to fuck her rotten up against the wall, you know? Um, a man can take care of himself and eat well and exercise, but do it because he wants to enjoy life as a healthy man. Not because he wants to fill out an Armani suit better than the next guy. You see what I mean? There, there can be a balance between all these supposedly opposite characteristics. A man can be protective of his woman, uh, be concerned for her safety, that sort of thing, but not be so jealous that he won't let her even talk to another man. For every characteristic you read about alphas and betas, pick the ones that you see as positive and try to emulate them all. Try to be both at once, as the situation allows. You know, be her confident, sexy guy and be someone who shares his feelings with her and lets her see his emotions sometimes, that sort of thing. And one last thing, if you happen to be one or the other already, and, and you know it, <laughs> and you don't see yourself changing or, or really incorporating any of the qualities of the other, 
um, too easily into your life, then, then consider this. As long as you are generally happy with who you are, and as long as you treat others with respect and consideration, then just be who you are. You know, don't worry about it. If, if you've had a go-getter personality since you were five, you know, outselling all the other lemonade stands on the block, and good for you. Just be that guy. Just be positive and purposeful about it. If you've always been quiet and shy, you know, the kid who preferred Harry Potter books and writing songs, great, you know, be that guy. Again, just be positive and purposeful about it. Both kinds should respect other people, pursue your own goals, and look for women who have a preference for your type. Don't waste time pursuing women who want the opposite. And otherwise, consider becoming a new man. <laughs> if nothing else, um, you might be like that black wolf and broaden the, the pool of women who might be interested in you and have some fun at the same time. So that's it for this week. I'm going to try to save my voice a little and spare it for some erotic audio this afternoon. Thank you for joining me. I really uh, love that you guys are tuning in every week. It's great. Um, next week, I'll be back with something that I mentioned in one of, an, one of my earlier episodes about body image. I'm going to share a video with you that was an experiment that was done about um, Tinder dating, sort of. And um, we'll discuss the video, and um, I'll tell you some thoughts I had on it. So until next week, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay cozy. I'll talk to you later. Bye.